Welcome to a brand new episode of Chiefs Wire Podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, we set everyone up for the big wild card matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers at Arrowhead Stadium. Hear from a few Chiefs players ahead of Sunday's big game. But first, as always, we start off with Chiefs Wire Managing Editor, Charles Goldman. Okay, Charles, anything that stood out to you from the Week 18 victory over the Broncos? Yeah, you know, I thought there were some unlikely players that uh, stepped up kind of in the face of adversity on offense there. Um, I mean, you look back in the games where Tyreek Hill has struggled to get going this season, there have been a couple of them. Uh, It's really been Byron Pringle, who's the guy who's picked up the slack for the receiver group. But this week it was a little different. It was Miko Hardman. Uh, He had his first uh, 100-yard receiving performance in his career. And uh, I I just think it's a big deal kind of heading into the postseason because he's earned a bit of goodwill from the coaching staff. And I think early on in the season, you know, he fumbles some key drops uh, in certain situations. He he seemed to fall out of favor a little bit. The, The coaching staff, they weren't necessarily game planning and scheming things up for him like they were early on in the season and and last year even. So then, boom, you know, Week 18 comes along and Tyreek Hill has the heel uh, that he he aggravated during pregame. And and, and here comes Michael Hardman out of left field, 103-yard receiving performance. And I think it was really impressive. A good chunk of those yards, most of them, came after the catch too. Uh, I think that just shows you how effective he can be uh, when you get him the ball in space. And uh, I, I think it's it, it's something that can kind of open the Chiefs' eyes a little bit. And they can say, hey, we need to do a little bit more of this because there's a chance, you know, that he can pop off a big play. And, I mean, when you look back at his career, that's, that's really what it's been, right? He's had these explosive plays pop up here and there that have been kind of game-changing. So I think if you get that back into the offense uh, in the postseason, it, it's going to yield good results. And, he should be a bit more confident now after he had this type of performance uh, right there at the end of the season. And against a good defense, too. Let's uh, let's give the the Broncos some credit. That's a really tough defense. Vic Fangio's defense, uh, known as one of the best in the NFL. Uh, and then another guy that I was really impressed with on offense, uh, Jarek McKinnon, right? he uh, I, I said this right after his injury, but... You know, uh, he landed on injured reserve, and, and I felt he was on the cusp of a breakout in this offense when that happened. Um, and, and they're just figuring out how to kind of best use him. Uh, and he, I feel like he's picked up right where he left off. I mean, it took him a game, you know, two games to to get back to it. But um, especially the way they use him as a receiver out of the backfield, I think he can be the best pass-catching back on this team. Obviously, Daryl Williams probably holds that title right now, but uh, I think McKinnon uh, has some potential to, to do some special things in the playoffs uh, should the Chiefs give him the opportunities to do so. Do you believe Nick Bolton has emerged as the best linebacker on the team? Yeah, I think that he's done uh, what he's done as a rookie. It's just quite quite impressive. I mean, he certainly made the most of his on-field opportunities this season because Remember, he's only started about 11 games, and uh, you know he has around six, seven games now where he played less than 30 snaps. Um, so it, it's not like he's been on the field, you know, as a 16-game starter or 17-game starter, and, and is playing, you know, upwards of 60, 70, 80 percent of the defensive snaps every week because he's not. Um, 
So then to see him, you know, lead the Chiefs in tackles, lead the Chiefs in tackles for loss, that that's just really impressive to see. And it makes you wonder what he could have done with a full season, full rookie season of work. Um, it also makes you really excited for, for the future where Willie Gay Jr. and Nick Bolton are kind of the top two guys at that position for Kansas City. I, I just think it's probably too early to be like crowning him as the best, quote unquote, best linebacker for the team. Uh, I'd probably still have to give that edge even to Willie Gay over Bolton right now. Um, I, I think he just brings a little bit more uh, to the defense this this year. But uh, it's really cool how those two guys have kind of helped turn this position from what was a perennial weakness, uh, at least since Derek Johnson's retirement, into what is now a strength. It at least feels like a strength of the team. And, uh, you know, you're probably looking at Anthony Hitchens last year. Um, you, you also have uh, um, Ben Neiman as a, as a free agent, Dorian O'Daniel as a free agent. So this is going to be a, a different-looking linebacker group outside of of gay and bolton next year um so you know add a good free agent acquisition or a draft pick to this group next year and you could be looking at one of the best units in the nfl so uh, i i think that transformation is is certainly interesting i think that bolton's going to be a part of it and i i wouldn't be shocked if next season we are certain and saying uh that that bolton is the best linebacker on the team that that wouldn't surprise me at all uh i I certainly expect him to take over the mic position and and play that full time how concerned should the chiefs be with travis kelsey and tyreek hill's health after last week yeah i don't think fans should worry at all about either injury uh both players practiced on uh, on Wednesday so that that's a big important type of thing but uh, Travis Kelsey's injury wasn't a big deal I know fans were concerned because he kind of hobbled off late in the game there but Andy Reid brushed it off uh, after the game hasn't really spoken about it since Kelsey spoke to the media yesterday wasn't even asked about it I mean he looked fine seems like he was feeling fine but uh, if you look back at the season I mean Tyreek Hill He's been listed on the injury report with knee tendonitis, an ankle injury, a toe injury, a groin injury, a rib injury, and a quad injury this season. And the heel injury that he has now, it's not new either. It's something he's dealt with in the past. And my understanding is it's the type of thing where he can get an injection and play pain-free. And uh, I think the timing of the injury and it being an away game in Week 18, they didn't really have... Uh, the ability to implement that sort of plan. But um, when you consider how banged up Hill has been this season, it's it's pretty remarkable that he was the team's leader in receiving yards receptions, tied Travis Kelsey for for touchdowns, uh, touchdown receptions. And uh, I I think, you know, Kelsey's been pretty banged up too this season. Uh, He had the neck injury early on, and that's something that's kind of been tender for him all season. And uh, but but these guys, they're consummate pros. They they know what their bodies need, and the team also knows the type of care that they need to be able to to play on Sunday. They've been doing this a long time, so uh, I think that you know I I don't think fans should worry. I think they'll both be not only playing but effective in doing so. What were your thoughts on the thrilling finishes to the Titans Texans and Chargers Steelers games on Sunday? Yeah, I think it's all uh, it's all it's all good for the NFL, right? Uh, this is exactly the the with the playoffs and the regular season expansion. This is exactly what they wanted. 
uh, you know, too many teams resting their starters in the last week of the season. They want all the games being played to be meaningful, and and this was kind of a path for them to to reach that while also making a boatload more money, which drives every decision the NFL makes. But uh, I I just you, you know I can't recall a game as exciting as that that Raiders Chargers uh, uh, Sunday night game there. That was. Uh, that was a really fun one, and I know that everyone watching it probably felt the same way, especially, you know, with the with the concern about, oh, you know, they can both tie and how, how that uh, had implications with the, the Steelers making the playoffs and all that drama. Uh, it, it just made for a really fun finish. Um, and, you know, obviously it was, it was good to see the Texans put up a fight against, against the Titans in that one. Um, you know, it was... It's disappointing that it didn't end a different way. Obviously, that would have been nice for the Chiefs to get the first round by. But I, I said this kind of last week. I, I don't think the first first round by is necessarily so, as important, maybe as it was before. Uh, at, at least for this team right now. I mean, as you can see, they're pretty healthy. Every single player on the fifty three man roster practiced in some capacity on Wednesday. Uh, so that. That I think um, you know, and, and yeah, look, this team has played extended seasons now. What three, three seasons, four seasons in a row, practically. So um, I, I I feel like they're used to uh, you know doing this, and and they know how you know what their body needs and what they need to do to keep these players healthy uh, and keep going and playing at a high level throughout an, an extended postseason. So. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, it, the, the finish is great. Um, I, I think that you know, uh, week week eighteen was a success. I think the expanded playoffs will be a success too, and, and I think you know the NFL is going to be really happy with uh, what they saw in that last week there. Should the Chiefs feel confident heading into Wild Card Sunday night against a Steelers team they dominated only a few weeks ago? Uh, so w- what I've been kind of. Um, leaning on here uh, is you know a, a phrase that I've been saying it's that there's a difference between confidence and arrogance right um and, and I think uh I think this Kansas City team's veteran enough to know that uh and know that the week 16 game against the Steelers has absolutely no bearing on how this game will turn out uh and frankly I I mean the Chiefs they need to be on point going into this game um, I feel like the Steelers are really the most dangerous type of playoff team because they're major underdogs, right? I, I feel like Ben Roethlisberger came out and said it. He was like, we're probably like 20-point underdogs, so we're just going to go out there and have fun. And, um, and and I think that's dangerous. I mean, no one expected them to be here. No one expects them to have a chance to win this game. And because of that, they've got absolutely nothing to lose. They can play loose and without worry. They can use whatever play they have in their playbook. Um, they have no expectations attached to whatever comes out of this postseason. And, um, you know, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger might retire after this game. So he's going to come out throwing YOLO balls, even like, you know, he did it in week, uh, you know, uh, in week 16. And his teammates are going to be highly motivated for, for him, obviously. So... I mean, you know, if those, some of those 50-50 balls go the way of, of the Steelers, then, you know, things quickly uh, turn into a bit of a ball game, right? I mean, if they had that, that last game, you know, things could have gotten out of hand as well. So, uh, and, and, 
you know, meanwhile, the Chiefs, they're now in year three, right, of Super Bowl expectations. So, you know, if they get caught looking ahead to to what's coming before them, you know, the Steelers team could pose a problem. It actually kind of reminds me of uh, the 2005 playoffs where, where Pittsburgh got in as a wild card team. They were like the number two finish in the, uh, in the AFC uh, North, I believe. And uh, they ended up winning the Super Bowl that year. And no one kind of expected them to be there and be that type of competitors that they were. And they just kind of came out of nowhere. So, uh, yes, the, the Chiefs should feel confident heading into the game. But they're going to be really sorry if that confidence uh, comes off as arrogance or, or, or is disguised as arrogance. Um, but... Uh, you know, if they, they come out looking flat, this Pittsburgh team can absolutely upset them in the wild card round. They, they need to come out playing their best ball uh, and putting their best foot forward right from the get-go because uh, any sort of slip-up is an opportunity for, for Pittsburgh to pounce uh, unexpectedly. Who do you believe is the X factor heading into Sunday's game versus Pittsburgh? You know, I feel like I, I said this the first time around, but I think Melvin Ingram uh, can have a huge impact in this game. He, of course, was traded uh, from the Steelers to the Chiefs at the NFL's trade deadline, only now to face his former team in the playoffs. That's wild, right? Uh, it doesn't help that the uh, the Steelers, uh, it, it doesn't help him out that the Pittsburgh media has kind of been provoking Ingram and saying he hasn't made an impact in Kansas City uh, as if to justify the trade. I mean, even if players claim to not see that stuff, they hear about it. Uh, and they're, he's absolutely going to hear about some of the stuff that these media members have been saying uh, about him out in Pittsburgh before this game. So you can rest assured he's looking to make his mark on this game, be it a sack, turnover, or whatever. And then I also even look back to uh, you know his, his former defensive coordinator, Keith Butler, uh, made some comment after they traded Ingram about, you know, uh, we're not all as good as, as we think we are. So uh, I, I think he's just going to have a ton of motivation going into this game. He only had two uh, hurries, I believe, in, in Week 16. So, uh, but but I think uh, I think he's going to be uh, juiced up in this one to to get a win against uh, his former team. And then on offense, uh, I'm looking at Travis Kelsey this week because he was uh, he was out back in in Week 16 uh, due to COVID 19, and uh, the Chiefs still managed to hang over 250 passing yards on the Steelers defense. So I feel like having him back in the mix, that's just going to open up things for, for the Kansas city offense, even more make things harder on the Steelers defense, which really, really, they, they struggled uh, to slow Kansas city uh, anyway. They, they weren't really all that close. They had maybe one errant pass that, that could have been a turnover, uh, but they really weren't that close to any other turnovers on the day. So yeah, I think I think Kelsey uh, he can he can be really uh, really important to this game, even if just to be a bit of a decoy to to open up uh, other people because I, I think they're going to be keying in on him, knowing that hey they didn't have this guy last time, so maybe we need to pay more attention to him, being that he's going to be on the field. So yeah, I think I think those are, are my X factors for for offense and defense. I'm going to go with Melvin Ingram and, and Travis Kelsey. And as always, are there any particular stories from Chiefs Wire you would like to highlight from the past week? Yeah, so obviously we've got a ton of different stuff uh, recapping the Week 18 win, a lot of stuff previewing uh, the wild card round. Obviously there's some stuff uh, kind of recapping 
the the 2021 regular season uh you know stuff about the statistical leaders and whatnot um some other stuff on the site that that you guys should check out we've got a lot of news on the different um general manager and coaching candidates uh who've received interview requests or could be considered candidates that that are from the chiefs and then there are a ton of, of, you know, head coach and GM vacancies in the NFL right now. I, I personally wouldn't be shocked if we saw one team go with a head coach GM combo from Kansas City. Uh, also, I think Eric Bieniemy getting the interview nod from the Broncos. I, I know he's not considered probably the favorite candidate there, but I mean, it, you know, they're interviewing like nine other people. But even with all the other candidates, he'll be a strong choice for Denver. Obviously has ties to Colorado as a, a CU Boulder alumni, and then uh, he also worked with uh, with Broncos GM George Patton uh, in Minnesota when when he was a running back coach out there. So um, you know, of course, who better to to find a way to beat the Chiefs than someone who's worked for him since 2013? And that's really been uh, the Broncos' struggle. So I I, I think that you know. Uh, He'll he'll get some credence in that uh, in that interview cycle, and I wouldn't be shocked to see him interview uh, twice, should uh, should things get that far. And uh, also, we've got a ton of of info on the new reserve future signings for Kansas City. Uh, the defensive line is particularly interesting because it includes Darius Stills, who's uh, son of former Chiefs linebacker Gary Stills. And then also Lorenzo Neal Jr., who's the son of former All-Pro fullback Lorenzo Neal. So uh, I think that, that those are some interesting guys with some some NFL ties there that uh, could turn into something. Uh, you know, the defensive tackle position quietly has a lot of people who are getting ready to uh, potentially leave in free agency. Derek Nottie um, and, and Jaron Reed, both free agents this offseason. So uh, they could see some some different transition there and there could be some opportunities for these undrafted free agents to to work in and provide some depth then uh if you're looking toward the draft check out our draft prospect series we covered a few players from the national championship game uh this past monday we'll be covering more players uh, i believe this weekend from the nflpa collegiate bowl uh which is coming up on january 29th as always, we appreciate you guys for, for tuning into the show and uh, checking out all of our content over on Chiefs Wire. We couldn't do this uh, you know, on a weekly basis without your support. So thank you for that. And uh, you know what time it is, Ed. <laughs> you know what time it is. It's time for a playoff edition of me saying, go Chiefs. Take care. Brush your hair. Looking at Melvin Ingram, I know he's on the other side of the ball, but I'm I'm curious when when you were um, playing games against him, how you had to account for him, and if you might be able to elaborate on what you think he's brought to you guys. Yeah, I mean, um, he's definitely a leader. I mean, he's he's someone that's a, he's a vet. He understands how to play the game. Um, he knows how to play it the right way. And uh, I mean, he's a mismatch out there. I mean, he's just as good in the run as he is uh, against the pass. Um, and so he can play every single down. He get, he can go out there and play with his presence, uh, kind of bring everybody along. And uh, he's been a great uh, addition to the D-line room. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go, Adam. Hey, Patrick, um, 
I was wondering if there, there are things you know about playoff football now that you didn't know, say, before that um, Tennessee game, the Tennessee playoff game your rookie year, or even the Colts game the next year. And, Brad, I'll have a second question as well. Yeah, I mean, I think the the first thing you kind of realize is that uh, at any moment, one one play can change uh, really the entire game. And I, I know it's like that in the regular season, but playoff it even playoffs it even goes to a different level. Um, uh, you you know that one play can change, uh, it can really end your season or keep it going. So uh, you try to limit your mistakes as much as possible, knowing that it's going to be a battle to the very end, uh, every single playoff game. Okay, I mean, do you have any stories, the things that happened, and that you how you learned these lessons? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you look back at that Tennessee game that my first year. I um, mean, there was little plays here and there. I remember uh, the touchdown that Mariota threw where he hit, he got slapped down. He ended up catching for a touchdown. Um, the the tackle by Derek Johnson early in the game that it was a fumble and then it, it ended up uh, saying the forward progress was stopped. Um, those little plays changed the outcome of that game, and so uh, you know that those little things uh, they, they matter. You have to make sure you really focus on the details. Do what you can in order to to find a way to win a game. Thanks to Pete Sweeney. Go Pete. Patrick, I know you guys are coming off a, a Denver game where, you know, you wish you were a little bit more consistent. You only had a limited Tyree kill on that game. Uh, it seemed from some of his dancing and the warm-ups today he should be okay. What do you what do you think you gain? What were you missing? What do you think you gain from having Tyree kill uh, potentially a, a full go on, on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, he's a special player. He makes the defense account for everybody. I mean, uh, the fact that they have his speed on the field, um, it makes defenses play different coverages. Uh, they, they know that they can't put him in man-on-man situations because of, of how talented he is. Um, but I thought guys stepped up. McCole played a great game. Um, other guys stepped up, made some big catches and some big moments. Um, and that's, that's the great thing about this team is whenever guys' numbers get called, they've stepped up and made plays happen. Let's go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Brad, I'll have a couple things. Um, Patrick, to follow up on what you said with Adam, I mean, just just learning those things, the finer details and how – quickly a game can change, does that affect the way you enter a playoff game at all? I mean, obviously, I assume you want to be yourself and what's gotten you here and what's been successful, but does it change anything? I think you just have to bring a little bit different intensity. Um, Obviously, you go through the same process that you would do every single week of the entire season um, because you want to treat every single week like, I mean, it could be your your last. um, But uh, you go go through the week the same way, but when you get to that playoff game day, you have a little bit of uh, different intensity knowing that every play is critical. It can really change, end your season by making a mistake. Um, but at the same time, you want to be loose, you want to have fun, and you want to enjoy it because, um, I mean, you don't, you don't know how many more of these games you're going to get in the playoffs, and I want to make sure I'm ready uh, ready to enjoy all of them. And then the second one something I asked Andy, um, but you're seeing a team that you face in the regular season. You did that in 2019. You did that, obviously, in last year's Super Bowl. I realize you do that with division opponents. Um, but as far as your preparation, do you prepare to see a lot of what you've seen before, or does your experience tell you to, ex- to prepare to see a lot of different things than what you've seen before? I think, I mean, I think you have to prepare for both. Uh, I mean, obviously they're going to take away the stuff that they did, they did good against us, um, and then they're going to try to change stuff that they didn't have as much success with. Um, so, I mean, uh, they, have a, they have a lot of good, really good coaches over there. They have a lot of really good players. Um, and they've played playoff games. They understand that how to change stuff up. They understand to go back to what they're great at. Um, and so we're expecting a, a battle. Um, and we're, we'll be ready to go, and we're going to try to find answers for everything because they're going to throw uh, all different pitches to us, um, and we have to be able to respond and have success uh, as much as possible. Let's go next to James Palmer. Go, James. 
Patrick, with so much of how you play the game is that second play that defenses prepare for. But at the same time, when you have a pass rusher like like T.J. Watt, it's almost like that second effort that maybe you have to prepare for, right? You might make a miss once, but you're not done with him. Is there a different approach with a guy that has kind of that relentless motor as a pass rusher when you're trying to buy time and make something happen? Yeah, I mean, he, he's a special player. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know what runs in that family, but, they, I mean, they're, they're great football players over there. And uh, and you said it. I mean, TJ's not only special as far as the way he can bend and get to the quarterback, but the what the effort that he plays with. Um, and uh, they have a lot of guys like that over there, Cam Hayward, uh, Highsmith. I mean, they have a lot of guys that play hard the entire game, um, and that they continuously play uh, and, and go and go. And so, for me, it's about – uh, whenever I do make those ex- extended long plays, not making a bad play happen. I mean, those guys will be kind of around me the whole time as far as following the play. So don't when I when I kind of scramble up and I step up in the pocket when when stuff's not there, I have to make sure I account for them because I know they're not going to give up on the play. We got three more starting with Darren. Go ahead, Darren Smith. Hey Patrick, uh, this kind of this is kind of a twofold question, but look, uh, you played 17 games this year. Obviously, I think in your MVP year, you played 16 games. What have you been doing to keep yourself healthy, and obviously making sure that uh, when they had a the little outbreak, uh, that you you know kind of avoided that. But then, and then also uh, because you're going up against Big Ben, this could potentially be his last year. You played 18 seasons. You know what would that mean for you to quote unquote end his career Saturday uh, Sunday night? Yeah, I mean, uh, I haven't even thought about it like that. I mean, um, I mean, he's a, he's a, an all time, all time great quarterback that's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. Um, but he's still playing great football right now. If you look at the big throws that he's made to keep their season alive, we know it's going to be a great challenge for us. Not, not just him, but that entire team. Um, they, they have an attitude about them. They have a mindset that they play with. So we're not taking them lightly at all. Um, I mean, they're, they're a team that, uh, that has beat a lot of really good football teams. Um, and so, uh, uh, to get to play against Big Ben, it's an honor for me. I mean, he's a great football player. Um, and then as far as myself, uh, I mean, I've just been, I've been doing whatever I can to try to stay healthy as I possibly can. Uh, that's learning from, uh, stuff I did in the past, eating, eating better, trying to get more sleep, which is harder when you have a little baby at home. Um, but doing whatever I can to kind of keep myself available for the team. And, uh, we've done a good job so far, knock on wood, but uh, I'm trying to keep it up and, uh, keep that thing rolling. Travis, uh, you had to miss this Steelers game last time out. You were on that COVID list. Can you take us through that week and what it was like to try to get back ready and how frustrating was it to have to watch a game and just tweet about it instead of playing in it? Um, yeah, no, it was a, it was a pretty frustrating time. I, I think that, you know, even though, uh, I had some symptoms, it was nothing that would have ever kept me out of, uh, being in the facility practicing and then going and playing in a game. So it was pretty frustrating. Uh, to not just go out there with my guys, but then once the uh, game actually happened, uh, I had some fun watching, watching us, you know, go to work. Cause it was, uh, it was, we were hitting on all cylinders. And, you know, when, uh, when the Chiefs are hitting on all cylinders, man, we, uh, we have a lot of fun doing it. Let's go next to Harold Koontz. Go ahead, Harold. Travis, hope you're doing well. Uh, this season has been a lot of ups and downs and you fought through a lot of adversity, including yourself and, you know, with the COVID and everything going on. Where do you feel that the team has learned through the adversity in this season that makes you believe that you guys are primed for another Super Bowl run? And how have you been able to take care of yourselves physically throughout this entire longer season? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it was the first the first time that, you know, I can remember ever playing, you know, 18 or not ever remember. But the first time we ever played 18 weeks, you know, 17 actual games. Um, and I think that uh, over the past few years, being able to play in the postseason, um, we kind of had an understanding of what that last game was going to feel like. Um, but at the same 
time, you know, uh, through the ups and downs of any, any season, Coach Reed has always done a great job at giving us, presenting us challenges week in, week out. And it's uh, no different than this week. Uh, playoffs are here. Everybody's got to get juiced up and motivated to, you know, put everything aside, man. We got five weeks to try and, you know, achieve the ultimate goal of winning the Super Bowl and, and one week at a time. And this week is the Steelers to just, you know, grind out, make sure that we, uh, we got all the answers for anything that they could do. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go to Pete. Grab a simple question for me. This will be your uh, 13th postseason game in your career. Uh, what do you love most uh, about playing in postseason compared to the regular season? Um, just the opportunity to, to keep playing the game. You know, there's a lot of teams that, that won't be out there this week. Um, and, um, you know, it's a blessing. It's a blessing to be here in Kansas City and have the success that we've had over the over uh, my entire nine years in the league. Um, and, you know, I just uh, try and take advantage of those opportunities, man, because not everybody gets them. Let's go next to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Uh, Travis, you know, there was a, a stretch there where it seemed like, you know, everything was going against you guys, you know, some self-inflicted wounds. I know you guys talked about getting back to it. What, what did you guys do when it comes to, like, on your end, you know, for drops or, or different things like that, when it just felt like the whole world was working against you? Do you work more? Do you work less? Is it one of those things that, you know, like in baseball, they, they have a, a, a phrase where they say, try easier, you know, like, like maybe you're overdoing it. Uh, as you look back, you guys kind of work through that. Uh, how, how did you come through that, that stage? Well, I think I just mentioned kind of how Coach Reed week in, week out, uh, keeps presenting guys with challenges. You know, he presents a team with a challenge. Um, when he's installing plays on the offensive side, he presents every individual with a certain challenge that week. Um, and in terms of the drops and the mistakes, the self-inflicted wounds. That's just focus, man. It's and, and and what are we locked in on? Are we are we doing stuff in in practice so that you know we can uh, instinctually play the game the right way um, and not hurt the team? Uh, and that's that's really been the biggest thing. Is just you know where's our focus and um and and are we presenting you know the the other team with uh, with the difficulty of uh, always trying to react to what we're doing on the offensive side of the ball. And that's, that's really where it's been all season. And um, like I said, coach Reed just presents those challenges for us and all the coaches really do that both offensively and defensively. Sarin, did you have a follow-up? There you go. You're unmuted now. Sorry about that, Brad. Uh, thank you. Uh, overall, I know you talked about the, the, the time length of the season. What about the time length of, of like the last three or four seasons, right? The cumulative effect of you guys, two Super Bowl runs, an AFC championship. You've played more games than anybody. Uh, is the offseason enough to recharge your batteries, or is there a cumulative effect from, from playing this deep into to, to the year so many times in a row? Man, I'm, uh, I'm just juiced up to get another week to play football. Man, I, don't, I don't think about any of those kind of things. Um, you know, at this point in the season, everybody's dealing with something, uh, and, and in terms of like discomfort or injury or just trying to power through some, uh, some things that might be nagging on them. And, you know, from there, you just got to, you know, work through it, make sure that you, uh, you stick to the, the fundamentals and the routines that you've had all season. Try not to fall astray to, to a lot of the little things that you do, uh, so that you can just go out there and fly around and have fun, man. And, um, yeah. When uh, when you're in the playoffs, man, you don't make any excuses like what uh, what's happened in past, man. You just you uh, you put your head down and you just go. Go next to Herbie Top. Go to Herbie. Hey Travis, you've got a lot of records, uh, and I know you don't really look too much at, at what your individual accomplishments are, but you have one that was broken this year by uh, your teammate Tyreek Hill just two games ago. What was your reaction to him uh, breaking your record, and how much playful joking was going on between the two of y'all when you did it? 
Um, I think I, I said it when he uh, when he got the record that uh, that one's is supposed to be held by a wide receiver. You know what I mean? The tight end, you know, isn't always the vocal point in the offense. And I think that uh, Tyreek has done an unbelievable job over the course of his career of keep you know taking his game to the next level. And sure enough, you see him start to break in rec- not not only breaking records but setting records uh, earlier on in his career. Um, and he's just going to keep taking off, man. It's a uh, it's, it's so fun to play with him. Um, can't say enough about the guy in terms of who he is on and off the field, man. One of my favorite teammates. As always, if you have any thoughts on the show, make sure to hit us up on Twitter at the Chiefs Wire. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Catch us next week.